Hello everybody, welcome to episode 75 of the Williams Project podcast. Today we're going to be talking about saving capitalism. Now, all of you, and I know you'll all be big readers, you'll always be out educating yourself. If you've read more than probably three history books, you'll know that democratic free markets with free people with the right to own things, the right to build their own businesses is the best management structure for society. And it is flawed, it has problems, but all of the other management systems have way bigger problems. So, but then also we've got this culture at the moment where people sort of are starting to grow a a distaste for capitalism. And so today we're gonna be talking about how we save capitalism. Well, I think for starters, the biggest issue with capitalism is when it's done in an unethical manner, where you underpay people and pollute the planet, lie, cheat, steal, and don't warranty your products. Sell people, cut down rainforests, yeah. pull every fish out of the ocean. So I think the best way to save capitalism is have a real focus about, one, defining what ethical capitalism is, as in what version of capitalism gets the most public support, and then two, what that looks like and how to implement change. Yeah, so I think... From a a benchmark, we only have one planet. It's not actually very big. Like when you look at it, there's not actually that much of it. If you walk up Mount Everest, you can physically walk out of our breathable bubble. So we do need to have some protection on the air that we breathe. Um, We can't just destroy natural resources. We can't cut down every rainforest, kill every animal, eat every fish. So we do need a management system to protect the natural resources and make sure we pass them on in the same or better manner than to the next generation as we had them ourselves. So that's really what governments need to do and governments are starting to do that. Um, New Zealand, for example, we talk about fishing. We have an amazing quota system Um, and I was talking to my uncle who's been fishing for 70 years and he's like, there's more fish now. Oh, not 70 years, he's not that old. Um, he's he's probably been fishing for 50 years and he said there's more fish now than when I was a kid. So we are doing some great stuff and that's a great example of as a society, um, you can make great decisions and you can put things right. Um, but I think probably we want to talk about what the individual can do. And I think it's business's responsibility. Let's talk about people. Give people an environment where they enjoy coming to work promote wage growth give them a mission that they can get excited about and be proud of coming to work and being part of that entity give them a a way to be involved with society and involved with the company where they're heard and listened to and respected that all these things they're they're quite easy like it's basic stuff the issue is if we don't do them on our own accord then you get more government intervention like if you are polluting everything doing things you shouldn't find loopholes in an unethical way, the government's going to step in and say, well, you can no longer have a petrol car. Yeah, and You can no longer have, do yeah. this. You can no longer do that. We need to tax you on this. We need to tax you on that. And I think the way to slow that intervention down is by doing the right thing at the front end of business without being told to or being told you have to do it and try not have all these bureaucratic rules come in sooner than they should. Agreed. And, and we know that what's the most terrible thing you can hear? Hi, we're from the government and we're here to help. Like, when the government gets involved, they normally do a terrible job of it. 
business is essentially the management system that runs society we are the engine that runs society we're what makes your furniture makes your house puts food on your table and you being working in capitalism you generate money and capitalism is the ultimate form of democracy right each dollar is a vote and you get to vote every single day. What drink do you buy? What food do you eat? What car do you drive? And you can make a vote based on your value, your core values and your core beliefs for what you think is going to make the world a better place. So it's businesses' jobs to attract that capital. And I think in the current market, the best way to attract that capital is by doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, a good example is like with the whole, because we've seen in the news lately about banning petrol cars. Like Matthew explained, is every dollar is a vote. If the people want electric cars and they were affordable and good and they could tow their boat and go on long-range trips, more people would buy them. And it's the electric car company's job to sell their cause. This is what this car does for the planet. This is what it does for you. It's going to cost you less money. Um, you're making a positive difference in the world, blah, blah, blah. If it's better, people will vote with their wallet. But I do believe in the freedom of the individual. We need to let the people be free to make these decisions. And we are a little bit, like don't get me wrong, some great technologies come out of New Zealand, but as far as our automotive industry, we don't have one. So we're sort of going to have to follow what the rest of the world's doing with technology, electric cars, costs, range, etc. So there's two ways the government can do it. They either do nothing and let the free market decide, or they just say, we will heavily subsidise with your taxpayer money anyone that wants to buy an EV. Sam White? I don't think that's right either. No, it's well, where it's not right is, say an electric car's $100,000 for an average one or whatever they are. If the government goes, we'll pay up to $20,000 incentive for you to buy an electric car, how's that fair on someone that's working minimum wage, paying their tax, struggling to get by, driving a $5,000 car, and they're indirectly subsidising someone buying a $100,000 car. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't seem fair and ethical um, to the taxpayer. Or the best way to do it is tax credits. Yeah, I like tax credits. Like I think National's policy was if you buy an EV or a hybrid for your business, there's no fringe benefit tax. Oh, that's so awesome. Like what fringe benefit tax is, is say Williams Corporation bought a boat any time we use the boat and it's not for business use, we essentially have to pay a tax to reflect the fact that we're using pre-tax business money to use that asset, not post-tax business money. Yeah, and it's normally quite big, especially in the car world. It's yeah, so about car, 10%. cars is like quite a big fringe benefit, which is why you see a lot of businesses have utes, because um, utes don't have fringe benefit, or people have work cars, but they're left at work, which means they're not used outside of work hours. So what National wanted to do is say, well, if you buy an EV or a hybrid, you can use this for personal use as much as you want and we won't charge you that extra tax. Yeah. And, and it's anything, one of those things where it doesn't cost the government any money because yeah. it's a credit. Yeah. It's I, just look, we will not charge you this. Anything that reduces a tax is a big tick in my book. I think people are overtaxed. I think if the public realised how much tax they pay, they would vomit. Um, it's more than just the tax you pay on your paycheck. Well, that method's also nearly a subsidy. Because say you bought a $50,000 company car and you had your fringe benefit of whatever it is, say it's five, ten grand a year, if you had to spend $80,000 to buy an electric car but not pay that five or ten grand every year, you might go, it actually makes sense to go electric. Yeah, but 
I, I don't think you should call it a subsidy when you're not taking someone's money away no, from them. No, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like the opposite of a subsidy, yeah. but achieves it's the same result. Yeah, agreed. But let's talk about maybe involvement in communities. Yep. It is so important for businesses to be involved with their communities. Every time we finish a development, we put on these great open days. We have coffee carts, food, booze, a live music. We have all of our team down there and we're showing people around the development. And it's a great way for us as a business to be involved with the communities we're building in. And they love it. And it's also an educational thing because a lot of the, there's a lot of misconception around what capitalism is and what it isn't what the good and the bad are that these various businesses do, where if the businesses say, hey, come down to our fish processing plant, we want to show you how we catch fish, how we process them, how we minimise waste, how we look after our staff, etc., etc. When you read an article about some fishing company getting caught doing something they may or may not have done by accident or intentionally, you go, oh, actually, no, I've been down to that plant, they're good people, they do a good job, blah, blah, blah. Let's actually find out more facts about it because it's very easy to point finger and say they're a bad company, they're ruining the planet, they're making too much money. Yeah, sunlight's the greatest disinfectant. If you're open, you're transparent, you show people who you are and what you're doing, people will trust you and give you the benefit of the doubt. If you're a closed book and then the media says these people are bad people, the public will side with them. Yeah. But I think the most powerful thing that's been said this episode is like Matthew said, every dollar is a vote. Yeah. If you go into a shop and you buy really cheap clothes and you know they're too cheap and they're made overseas somewhere and you go, how does someone make these clothes, pay an adequate salary to the people that make that, somehow package it up, freight it here, put it on the shelf, inventory it, pay the staff to sell it to me and I'm paying $4 for a pair of track pants. You know they can't. There's a chance if you went to that factory, you'd be sick and never buy from them again. Yeah, and that's where business is right. The businesses that make clothes and they do it ethically, they should be showing that to the public and say, hey, look, you can buy a $4 T-shirt, right? But this is how much the workers are getting paid. This is how the workers are being treated. Where ours is a $20 T-shirt, but this is our factories. This is how the people are treated. This is their payment. This is their benefits we care about doing capitalism properly and we hope that when you make your next vote of buying a shirt you choose us because we're not going to let you down and we're not going to let society down we're going to do this in a way where everyone can win and customers i think like the general public are more leaning towards that as far as there's obviously the whole vegan vegetarian movement then there's the whole like palm oil thing when one of the chocolate companies got assholes using palm oil and the competitor didn't and all their sales went up and the palm oil ones went down. But a lot of it is the businesses actually that are doing the right thing, educating the public, like with the T-shirt example, and then the customer drives the change. Well, it's like us with our houses. We build a really, really good house. We educate the consumer on what can go wrong in a house and how we build a house to mitigate those issues. And then people vote with their wallet. People buy a house from us. It might be more expensive than the house next door, but they know they're getting a really good product that's built properly with sustainable materials, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And people are happy to spend the money on something they think is right, ethical, long-lasting, done properly, good people. And then what happens long-term, I'm still not quite sure whether I agree or disagree with it, but say with a T-shirt example or clothing, It is quite expensive for each of these individual companies to essentially be saying the same thing of we pay our staff what's accredited as a fair industry wage, we don't use plastic packaging on our shipments, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where you get 
independent certification, like you get the certified free trade coffee beans. So that way all you do is apply to one organization, say, hey, I'm a free trade t-shirt supplier. They give you a stamp and then over time as a consumer, you recognize, oh, that's the heart tick stamp of approval on my food. Oh, that's the free trade stamp on my coffee beans. That's the home star ration on my house, et cetera, et cetera. And then it means all these companies can be a united front to the public as opposed to trying to scrape up the money to invent that message to their people. But if you want to be a big company, you have to do it yourself. That's yeah. fine for the small guys. Like I said, I'm not saying I agree yeah. or disagree whether it's right or wrong, but generally what we've seen is that happening in different industries, but there's a lot of industries where none of that yeah, exists agree. at all. Oh, just like I saw a post on Facebook and there was a brand called like Natural Brown Sugar and then on the back of the package it said Natural Brown Sugar is our brand name, not the product. <laughs> <laughs> so like... Well, like, right. There's a lot of cafes that when you walk in, there's always on the menu, we use free-range eggs, free-range chicken, beef, bacon, organic coffee beans. But imagine if there was a hospitality group, say, if you do this, 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 and this, which our data research shows the consumers want, we'll give you a stamp of approval, here's the process to apply and get it. And yeah. then on behalf of you being a member, we'll spend X percent in marketing every year. We have a website showing where these cafes are located and we'll drive traffic to your business. Yeah, for small and medium business, that's a great solution. Yeah, but yeah. I agree, big businesses, they've got the resource and horsepower to do it themselves. And you need to, to make the top 1% of brands. Yeah. You need to educate the consumer yourself, your way, by your people and your language to build that relationship and then if you are a big business and you are competing with these sort of free trade stamps or whatever it is you just need to learn what they're certifying what their entry criteria is so if a customer says why aren't you a member of the free trade hospitality group you can say oh yeah that's a great question here's what it means to be in it here's what we do we actually are eligible but we find it a better use of the thirty thousand dollars a year they'd charge us to do it Instead, we give that to our staff or we sponsor these community groups, et cetera, et cetera. You just sold me yeah. just then, you know what I mean? And I think that's the difference. I think doing it yourself is always better. Well, there's always going to be a cost if you go through a company. Yeah. Generally, if it's government-led, it'll be a really obscene, inefficient cost. Yeah, it w- yeah, it will be. And, and lots of these um, these groups that make whatever trade agreement, blah, 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 yeah, they are businesses making a profit. So there are some that do a really great job and do do amazing work, but lots of them are businesses making a profit. And it's like in the housing industry, there's a whole lot of these certifications that I just roll my eyes at. Like I look at them and think, you've got that wrong, you should have done that better. Like some of the people that write the standards, I think, probably haven't been builders, haven't understood or researched the industry properly. And I see some pretty questionable decision making. Well, good examples like um, when the government rolled out the healthy home standard. Yes. Like you can build a brand new house, get it signed off, no problem at all, but you can't legally rent it to someone because the heat pump's too small. Yeah. So, and I actually think the healthy home standard has it right and the building code had it wrong, but why did they not make the two government standards the same? Yeah. It's just bizarre. There's a whole lot of people that'll be settling brand new investment properties and then get told by their property manager, oh, we can't actually legally rent this out. Yeah, until you double glaze it or add a heat pump or do this or do yeah, that. increase your insulation or... So that's an example of where they try to regulate an industry but don't do it properly. Yeah, the, the person that wrote that legislation didn't have a complete understanding of what they're doing. Yeah, but I think that um, one of the main takeaways is 
more and more industries need to start going this way, explain their supply chain, their products, their sort of corporate responsibility, their environmental policies, etc. And we also have to do more of this ourselves because if we don't, either one, the customer will start spending their vote elsewhere or won't get inefficient legislation from government trying to force us into a little nook and cranny, which is the complete wrong size and shape for the yeah, organisation. You're better to do it yourself. And then also, if most industries are making effort doing okay, the government will probably go after the industry which is doing nothing. Yes, yeah, and they do. So you might prolong that pain point. Yeah, completely agree. Um, anything you want to say to wrap it up, chaps? Oh, you could talk a bit about what the alternative is if capitalism fails. Well, it's communism and that's a disaster because I don't want a government with too much power taking away my rights. Um, I think you need freedom of the press. You need free people. You need ownership. You need someone that can live their life on their terms. Just, just guys, if you ever are questioning capitalism, please just go read three history books. Read one. Read the history of Rome, right? Just read one book and you'll see Rome's a great example because they've essentially had all the different forms of leadership. Um, they've had totalitarian leadership, um, something re- re- resembling communism. They've had all these leaderships in a very short period of time. And you can see that free markets and free people is always the best management system for society. Even though you, look, I I don't mean complete free markets. Like Blair and I said, you you need some limitations. You don't want to buy and sell people. You don't want to cut down every rainforest. But we need to protect our freedoms and our liberties um, where I can do me and you can do you. Because I want you to do you and I want you to go about your life and your way, changing the world how you want to and leave me to be me. And when have you ever dealt with the government and walked away and gone, that was so easy, so affordable, I can't wait to do that again? Never. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, we're from the government and we're here to help. And if a private business treated you like that, at least you've got freedom to go to a different cafe or a different restaurant or a different housing provider or furniture supplier or everything. You can If it's just the government, you can't can't move. You're stuck. Agreed. Right, guys. Could we, um, could we rant about capitalism and how awesome it is and how we're going to save it? All of us are responsible. We need to be doing what we can to make the world a better place. Thank you so much. As you know, there is a payment. If you love this episode, share it with one like-minded friend. We appreciate you. You're badass. Have a great day.